I'm Jim Cameron, Jim Cameron Consulting, broadcasting from the Fountainhead, the home of Synergy Billing in Holly Hill, and I'm your host for Volusia Matters, news and interviews and matters that impact Volusia County directly or indirectly. Now, Monday was the first day back for Volusia County Schools, and I'll be interviewing school board member Carl Persis about the status of our schools. But first, let's hear some news. It's been several months since Hurricane Ian inflicted nearly $900 million worth of damage and washed away tons of sand along Volusia's beaches. Now at today's county council meeting, fiscal year 2023, and 24 advertising authority budgets were on the agenda. Now, Halifax Area Advertising Authority's proposed budget is $22.3 million. Southeast Volusia Advertising Authority proposed budget is $7 million. And West Volusia Advertising Authority proposed budget is $1.8 million. Now, as for economic impact. Last year, before the storms, Volusia had a record year for tourism with over 33.7 million countywide bed tax collections, which were more than 20% higher than the previous year, and that was also a record. But now this year, bed tax collections are down considerably. It appears the main factor is the aftermath of last year's hurricanes and the damages to our beaches. Inflation could be another factor. However, Ocean Center hasn't seen any slowdown in conventions. Hopefully, our market will pick up with the upcoming Coke Zero 400 on August 26 and the Thanksgiving Turkey Rod Run car show, both of them at the Speedway, as well as Biketoberfest in October. Also on the county agenda is the five cent local option gas tax. This generates about $10.8 million annually with the county receiving 6.2 million per year. It's been for the last five years and the city's splitting the remaining 4.6 million based on interlocal agreements. Now this money is used for construction of new roads and resurfacing for existing roads and paving dirt roads to increase capacity. However, the county's resurfacing program alone is budgeted at basically $6 million, which is the same amount of revenue that it receives. By reducing or eliminating this nickel gas tax, it would mean eliminating road resurfacing program and increasing maintenance cost without a revenue source. It also reduces funding for road capacity projects and planned transportation system improvements, as well as changing the distribution formula with the cities. In addition, county officials have also discussed what to do 
with more electric vehicles on the road that pay no gas taxes. Stay tuned. Next item, and under our new Florida laws segment, House Bill 121 raised income eligibility limits for state-subsidized Healthy Kids Insurance Program, which increased fiscal year 2023-24 enrollment by 16,000 children, meaning an additional $10 million additional state and federal expenditures. Now, this law requires Florida Healthy Kids and Agency for Health Care Administration, ACA, to develop three to five premium and co-payment plans for families based on their income levels. In total, 2.4 million kids are enrolled in kid care, which receives state and federal funds. Now, I like this legislation. It aims to help those two to three job per week, paycheck to paycheck families. And remember, our friend, Linda Merrill, rest in peace, helped get this legislation started. Next item, moving on to congressional matters, Senators Rick Scott and Marco Rubio reintroduced legislation to ensure states receiving federal funding to provide high-quality instruction to students learning English. It would particularly help students from Puerto Rico needing to learn English. Now, between 2010 and 2017, Florida's Puerto Rican population rose 27% to 1.1 million. In addition, both Senators Rubio and Scott sent a letter to Federal Emergency Management Agency, FEMA, voicing their concerns about potential exhaustion of disaster relief funds amid the 2023 hurricane season when communities may need resources from FEMA. They want more details regarding current funding levels and plans for future natural disasters. Now, earlier this year, they introduced the Disaster Relief Fund Replenishment Act to provide $11.5 billion in needed funding to ensure that the federal government can uphold its obligation to quickly deploy emergency funding and resources to communities impacted by natural disasters. Stay tuned. Next item, Congressman Michael Waltz recently spoke of his concerns about China enhancing its presence in the Western Hemisphere. He stated this could significantly affect the U.S. in terms of food security, energy, critical minerals, basically everything that we need to function as an economy and the leader of the free world in our hemisphere. 
He worries about China establishing a military presence in Cuba and in other Latin American nations like Venezuela and Nicaragua. He went on to say, China wants to replace the U.S. as the world's most dominant economic superpower and that he wants to shift reliance on supplies from China and build relations with India, which has similar resources. Now, India is an ally that holds U.S. values and could become a significant economic trade partner and provide a market to Florida's farmers, quote, unquote. And Congressman Waltz also spoke at Volusia Tiger Bay Club last week, and he was also able to stop by Fountainhead Synergy Billing to meet with my client, Jason Meyer, to discuss several issues. Also, Congressman Corey Mills spoke to the Volusia Republican Executive Committee last week and covered several issues. Now, Mills was appointed to the House Select Committee, which is addressing how the U.S. should confront China. In other words, Chinese companies doing business in the United States and promoting a ban on TikTok in the U.S. and limiting U.S. pension fund investments as well as controlling technology investments in China. And Mills also went on to express his concerns about the growing $32.6 trillion of national debt and its impact on U.S. credit. Yay! Next item. Last week, Senator Rick Scott hosted a roundtable in the land with local law enforcement officials, including Sheriff Mike Chitwood, with the focus on keeping kids safe. Senator Scott discussed his legislation, the School Guardian Act, to provide federal funding for law enforcement officers in schools, public schools, private schools nationwide. The same thing he initiated in Florida back in 2016. He also brought up legislation to prevent kids from accessing certain artificial intelligence features on social media sites. His bill would prevent social media from allowing initially free apps that could start charging customers later. Also, participant Sheriff Chitwood raised concerns of the ongoing threat of human trafficking. Next, a quick update on the county's Transform 386 initiative. That's the county's $328 million community development block grant received from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD, to assist the county's recovery, revitalization, and preparedness for future disasters. Now I want to remind you that the county will host a public hearing to get additional input on this program's action plan. Now that hearing will be Thursday, August 24th 
5.30 to 7.30 at the County Administration Building in DeLand. Now this will culminate recent citizen input sessions regarding the damage that they received from Hurricane Ian. Now, the draft of that action plan is available for public review at www.transform386.org. And comments regarding the plan will still be taken up to Tuesday, September the 5th, and may be emailed to transform386 at volusia.org. Next item, the county has launched a new social services app called Volusia Helps to provide information about community services. It's an up-to-date centralized resource for residents, social service providers, law enforcement, and medical professionals to identify housing, legal, health care, utility, transportation, and other services offered in Volusia County. Now just go to vcservices.vcgov.org forward slash Volusia Helps. For additional assistance, call Community Services Operation Manager Corey Brown at 254-4648. Now, next item, Brandon Frey, representing Governor DeSantis, and Riley Wogeman, representing Senator Rubio, they were in town, different trips recently, and while here, they met with Miller Lehman Manufacturing, also with Hope Place, City of Ormond Beach, City of Daytona Beach, Snap Space Solutions, dis Disaster Shelters and Housing, also with NASCAR and Pravonia Skin Care Products. Now, for years, these Central Florida liaisons have come to Volusia every few weeks to meet with local business and community leaders to participate in city and county events. Other reps include Barry Cotton from Senator Rick Scott's office, Zane Ertel from CFO Jimmy Petronas's office, Ernie Aldino from Congressman Michael Waltz's office, and Amy Dunn from Congressman Corey Mills's office. And if you'd like to arrange a future visit to your business or organization, just call me at 566-2140. And in closing, don't forget that U.S. debt now stands at $32.6 trillion and growing. And don't forget about that Fitch rating service dropping the U.S. long-term bond rating from AAA to AA+. Now look for a new podcast episode next week. 
and the views expressed on this podcast may or may not necessarily express the opinions of Jim Cameron Consulting. And for more news, check out my newsletter, which is emailed each month. And if you're not receiving it, call me at 566-2140, and my $1,000 guarantee still stands. Also, see my annual local government budget and tax rate chart. It's attached in today's email. And by the way, last week I called County Council Member Danny Robbins and I got a return text saying that cell service is scarce in South Florida. And then I forgot he was python hunting in the Everglades. But a few minutes later, he called me back from the Everglades of all places. Thank you, Danny. But, and I wanted to commend Hope Place on Derbyshire Road in Daytona Beach. They're located in the old Hearst Elementary School building where they house and help homeless families get back on their feet. This is a great organization, and if you have donations or want to help in some other way, call Buck James, my good buddy, at 317-5886. This is Jim Cameron saying God bless and roll tide. And our guest today is school board member Carl Persis. He is a graduate of Seabreeze High School and went on to earn degrees from Daytona State College, UCF, and Stetson University. He was a school principal for 27 years, an assistant principal for three years, and a teacher for five years. Now he represents District 4 on the school board, which includes Holly Hill, Ormond Beach, Ormond-by-the-Sea, and west part of Daytona, and part of the Leon Springs. Okay, we have with us today District 4 School Board Member Carl Persis. So, uh, Carl, glad to have you with us today. Glad to be here, Jim. You know, it couldn't be a better day, the first day of school. First wow. day of school. First day of school. Well, first day of school for students. That's what I always call the first day of school. That's what parents call the first day of school. Uh, even though, of course, we had our teachers return last week. But, uh, I got to tell you, it's uh, there's nothing like it. There's nothing really more exciting uh, than the first day of school. I was over at uh, Holly Hill School this, this morning and... Uh, they do this neat thing over there uh, where they actually have a red carpet that they roll out and, and uh, all of the uh, children and the parents, they enter, you know, walking through the red, the red carpet. And you'll love this. The Holly Hill City Commissioners, they are there. Uh, the Holly Hill Police uh, Officers, they're there. Yep. Uh, uh, the city city manager was there and uh, I was there and a few other school school folks, the principal 
and we all form, uh, you know, a uh, we are all on each side of the red of the red carpet. So as the students walk in, uh, we're giving them, you know, fist bumps and high fives and welcome back to school. Glad to see you. You're looking awesome. You know, clapping for them as they go through. It is so cool. It is, it is such a great, great way to welcome uh, to welcome back our students. So yeah, so that's where I was uh, this morning. And of course, you know, like every school, every elementary school anyway, probably middle too, the line of cars is as far as the oh, eye yeah. can see. Oh, parents dropping off their kids and, uh, you know, but it's just, it's just fun. It's just fun. And after that, I went to uh, uh, the, the uh, superintendent, Superintendent Balgobin, uh, she does this thing on the first day of school where she starts out, get this, at the bus depot uh, at about 5.30 in the morning, and she welcomes all the bus drivers there, and then uh, she uh, salutes them as they get on their buses and make that initial run to pick up our students and take them to all the schools. So quite exciting, quite exciting time. I was trying to think how many bus drivers, I think we have 21, I think today we had 21,000 students being transported on 159 different routes. So, uh, whoo, quite hey, an operation. I got two grandsons on the, on those buses, so yeah. Oh, you do, you do. <laughs> well, uh, it's so cool. You know, Jim, they have this thing now called, uh, they have this app and it's, I think it's called like, where's the bus or, 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 or something like that. And, ah. and you can actually, once, once the kids put their IDs in and everything gets kind of organized here in the first couple of weeks, uh, parents can actually just look on their phone and see where their students bus is. you know, like how, how far away is the bus and did the bus, you know, drop off my child yet and all those kinds of things. It's really cool. Oh yeah, we've come, well, I mean, we've really come a long excited. way. We've come a long way. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, well, hey, and let me throw some questions. I told you about yeah. quiz. Uh, <laughs> what are we looking at, basically, round numbers as far as students in the district right now? Yeah, I you know on the first day it's it's usually less and it always builds up and builds up and usually we don't get a real hard figure till after Labor Day, uh, but uh, I think right now we are right we're hovering around the 60,000 uh, 60, student mark, and that would include students in our I like to say we, we have sixty seven traditional public schools, okay? Yeah. And then we have uh, Volusia Online School. And then we also have uh, an East Side and a West Side all Alternative Ed Center School. So that brings that 67 up to 70. And then uh, I think we have now maybe Jim six, six charter schools that are, you know, of course, uh, considered public schools. So that's that's about where we are uh, now. We, uh, I was checking earlier, I believe we welcomed 440, something like that, uh, new teachers to uh, Volusia oh, County. Wow. Yeah, and 
And the good news is uh, uh, we have, as of today, we have uh, around 96, 97 uh, instructional vacancies, which compared to last year, I think we had more like 250 at the, at the start of school. So uh, when you think of 100 vacancies and we have 70 schools, you know, it's, it's, it's not too bad. Of course, we don't want to have any vacancies, but uh, uh, according to the principals uh, at each of the schools, they feel like they have their schools covered uh, for any place they have a vacancy. They believe they have a qualified substitute ready to go. And we'll keep hiring, Jim. You know how it goes. We never stop hiring. So hiring teachers, hiring bus drivers, and hiring paraprofessionals. Uh, that's, what, that's what we're looking for. Oh, yeah. I mean, so, well, now you mentioned schools. Let me go a little bit deeper. Yep. Academies. Academies, yeah. I remember when academies were first being talked about. Yeah, wow. So what, wow. what type, what's the situation? How many academies do we have? What type of, yeah. what are some of the academies we got? Yeah, we have, we have so many cool academies. Uh, I think we're up to like 22 or 23. Uh, and they're in uh, our high schools, of course. Um, some schools may have three or four. I think at Atlantic High School has, has four. Uh, some schools, and there's a, and um, there are there are some schools that have, uh, I would say, career uh, uh, school offerings. Like, for instance, go back to Atlantic High School. They just got a uh, a uh, auto auto tech. Uh, program there where auto mechanic, if you will, I say auto mechanic, but it's so high tech now. <laughs> you open up the hood and where's the engine anymore? I mean, you know, everything is just is it's just different. But anyway, uh, so they have that that program at their school, but it's not in an academy per se. When you're in a designated uh, academy. Uh, as you exit that, uh, you're either going to get some sort of uh, 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 career technical education uh, test that that you would take that could certify you to to the next level. Um, uh, whereas in the program, you may be taking that auto mechanic program, but you also may be taking some classes in their education program, or Atlantic High School has a has a uh, I'll call it a pre a pre law uh, academy. Right. Uh, by by the way, one day you and I need to go down there. If you haven't seen the courtroom in at Atlantic High School, it's so cool. I mean, it's just like a miniature courtroom all set up there. So. Yeah, it's it's exciting. We have partnerships with uh, Embry Embry Riddle now. We have partnerships with uh, Halifax Health uh, Academies with them, Advent Health uh, 
uh, electricians, uh, uh, Carter Electric and uh, Giles Electric. Uh, we have so many good HVAC programs going on at the schools. And those HVAC guys, hey, guess what? They're hired right out of, right out of high school. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yesterday... My AC went out on a Sunday and, you know, <laughs> I know the feeling when you walk into the house and it was 85 degrees. I was in Orlando, came home. I went, oh, something's not right here. And then, uh, you know, you can imagine what you pay to get someone to come to your house on a Sunday. Uh, uh, so anyway, yeah, HBAC is a very good career right now for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's just so exciting. And um, I believe that uh, uh, parents are now fully aware that there are options for students. Not everyone wants to go to college. Not everyone needs to go to college. Uh, and that's been true, Jim, for as long as you and I have been around. Uh, but, but now we really have some alternative path pathways for kids to get to when they uh, rock, walk across that stage at graduation. They have a goal. I mean, they have a purpose. They they know what they're going to do next. And that's what's so exciting. And that's how, that's how I tell you, I think that's how things have changed um, over the last four, four years. Uh, uh, you know, we had a slowdown with the, the COVID stuff for sure, but uh, it, it still hasn't stopped the, uh, the students for getting involved in these programs and academies. Well, along those lines, on those lines, and I was talking with uh, one of your former colleagues, Linda Cuthbert, last week. Yeah, yeah. She brought up U-Science. Yeah, U-Science. Oh, yeah, this is so cool. It's U-Science because it brings me back to my first year <laughs> getting in this business in 1975, if you will. And... Um, I used to do this thing with ninth ninth graders, and it was a uh, it was sort of a per personality um, aptitude interest test, uh, and uh, and I I gave it to ninth graders, and as a result of that, uh, you you could match up what the students' interests were and what their aptitudes you know were, uh, and then show them how that would qualify them or perhaps pique their interest in certain jobs. And then uh, along with those jobs, uh, those careers, it would give you a, well, what would be the salary range for those jobs? And uh, what other qualifications would I need before I got accepted into that career? Well, when I did it in 75, you can imagine 50 years ago, most now, it was uh, it was a very primitive tool, okay. But I thought it was the bomb, you know, because it was like this is so so neat. And uh, now, U Science, U Science has uh, taken it to a whole more sophisticated online level, and it it like instantly gives you the um, the results. But it's based on kind of the same the same concept, uh, making students aware of the careers that they perhaps would like because it, it matches their interests. 
and they seem to have the aptitude uh, to excel in that in that particular field. So uh, it's very cool. So we did it. I think we did it last year, and we were doing it with tenth graders or eleventh graders. But this year we're going to do it with eighth graders and tenth graders. Eighth and tenth. Eighth and tenth. And I was really happy to see that uh, we're going to do it at the eighth grade level, because as a, yeah, you know, Jim, as a former uh, middle school principal, I could see often that uh, students, by the time they got to eighth grade and they were going to go to high school, they really didn't have any they really didn't even know why they were going to high school, only that they had to go to high school because the law said that they have to stay in, 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 in school. So, so many of the students, and I'm not talking about the college bound ones. We know, you know, there's that 25% that they know what they're going to do probably from kindergarten, but, but, but most of us and myself included, I didn't have a clue. And I wasn't the strongest academic person. And I just was at school to, to play sports and socialize and uh, join the clubs and just have fun. And uh, uh, But I never really was pushed. I never, no one really took the time to ask me, well, Carl, you know, what do you want to do? Well, what do you like to do? You know, uh, and, and, and so that's what this, this youth science thing is all about. And I think it will really help to provide a hook. You know, I think sometimes we have to hook our hook our eighth graders into here's why you're going to high school. And guess what? You can almost now select the high school you want to go to because of the academy that is is at that school or the or the variety of programs that are at that school. And if that fits your aptitude and your interest, hey, you don't have to go to your zone school. You could go to this other school. Yep. And I, I think parents love that, Jim. I think parents are really, really liking that. And uh, I'm, I'm just happy that we're, we're able to ex- expand these and do it in a, in a quality way. Well, on that same note, though, as it relates to, uh, you know, aptitudes and careers. Yeah. Next question, the connection between Volusia County School District and economic development. Yeah. Like yeah. Team Volusia, CEO Alliance and, and others and such. I mean, how how important is that school district, though, to economic development? Well, when I when I talk to those uh, folks in the uh, chamber, the CEOs uh, that are helping out in the business alliance, uh, they will say uh, right up front uh, when we are trying to get someone to relocate here to Volusia County. Uh, the first thing that the family of the CEO does and the, and the employees and, and the wives and the husbands, everyone's checking out the school district. How good are the schools? Uh, you know, what is if if the if the schools are graded, you know, what is the grade for the district? What is the grade for school ABC and X and X, Y, Z? And then that, you know, which which. Uh, 
um, housing, uh, you know, area is affiliated with a certain elementary school, let's say. Uh, they are keen on that. And so they, they feel like uh, it's a reciprocal uh, re relationship. In other words, good schools bring in uh, better jobs, bigger companies, higher paying employees, higher paying employees and their families want to go to places where there are good schools so their children will continue to prosper and also come out, out of it with a good education into a career with a high with a high paying job. So it, 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 it's it's kind of like we work we work back and forth uh, as a as as a school board member. You know, I'm I'm always, uh, you know, praising and pointing out to to people all of the positive things that are that are going on. Uh, as you and I know, it's 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 hard when you have 70 schools, when you have 8000 employees and 60,000 students to take to take the to take the broad brush and just say, well, I think it's a C a C district or, you know, I think it's a B. I mean, you know, that's, <laughs> that's not exactly fair. There are, there are some exceptional A plus places in classrooms and schools all around this, all around this County. It may average out some, to something less than that, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I think our, our, our best and our brightest uh, here match up with the best and brightest anywhere. I'm going to say, uh, in closing, any remarks that you'd like to have closing remarks? Well, Jim, I would just uh, like to say, since we are just starting out on this school year, today being the first, the first day of school, how excited and how proud I am uh, to be part of the Volusia County school system as a, as a Seabreeze graduate. And now uh, here, here, here I am. Uh, uh, on the school board after serving as for so many years as a teacher and 27 years as a principal, it, 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 it really is, you know, part of my DNA here. I mean, this, this is what I do. And uh, I'm, I'm proud that it's just, it's, 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 it's way better. It's way better today in 2023 than it was when I started on the school board in 2016. So way better, way better in so many ways. And being able to reach out and help all students from the, from the students who are severely either physically disabled or emotionally disabled to those students who are, who are gifted and talented in just so many ways. And it's being able to meet the needs of each student you know, each student to help that individual become the best that person can possibly be, both in their character, in their conduct, and in their academics. And I'll leave you with this. If, I, if, if, if you want to shape anything on anybody to make them a successful person, shape their attitude. Yep. Give, give me an employee. Give me a student. With a good attitude, I can just about teach them anything, and they will excel. Well, hey, sure enjoyed having you, though, and look forward to talking with you again. Give my best to Susan.
I sure cer certainly will. Certainly will. She'll love that. Thank, Thank you, Jim. You, You're the man. All righty.